The first scrimmage of Utah spring football is in the books. What do we see from the quarterbacks and what do we learn about the team? We're talking about that and more on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. My name is JT Wistow, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash college60 and use code college60 for 60% off. Plus, you can get free shipping. Once again, head over to HelloFresh.com slash College60 to get in on that great deal. On today's show, we're diving into all things Utah Spring Football. They had their first scrimmage on Saturday. And in order to help us react to all the latest news revolving the Utah football program, it's friend of the show and KSL Sports' Michelle Bodkin. Michelle, talk with the, starting with the big thing, the quarterbacks. That's what everyone always wants yeah. to know and talk about. The early reviews that we've heard from the big – from people who were able to attend and kind of see and watch the scrimmage and everything was that the quarterbacks really struggled from what I've heard. In fact, the offense in general, it wasn't smooth sailing. The defense was the story, which shouldn't be as surprising. The defense, so many key contributors for them back versus the offense. Of course, you got a new quarterback in there. One of your top pass catching options and Brant Keithy, not out there. Devon Vele apparently looked really good, but overall for the quarterbacks, um, here's an excerpt from the Salt Lake Tribune story on it by a, a friend of the show, Brian Brown. He said that the Brandon Rose struggled to make decisions and be accurate with the football as the defense amped up their aggression. In fact, none of the signature callers fared well on Saturday. And this is, look, this is the most in-game-like situation these guys have faced yet. And when you talk about a guy in Brandon Rose, yes, he got a lot of scout team experience, but it's a different thing when you step inside Rice Eccles. Look, the lights obviously weren't on because it was the middle of the day, but obviously the defense was still amped up like it was a night game. So I don't think it's any huge sign of concern that these guys struggled in their first one. It's one of the fortunate things about it being spring. I'm a little surprised they didn't perform at least a little bit better, I'll say. But overall, I don't think it's a huge reason for concern that they didn't have the the greatest Saturday, let's say. Exactly. Uh, you know, the I think the message from the coaching staff early on has been right now is when we want these guys to make the mistakes, to not look good, uh, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's a learning experience for them. This is just about gaining that experience to where if they have to play, you know, come fall, come, come Florida, if Cam's mm -hmm. not quite ready to go yet, if you need to buy Cam a little more time, that it's not such a big deal. And, and it's not something that they haven't seen before. I think actually in a lot of ways, it's a very positive sign that this mm -hmm. defense was so dominant in this first scrimmage, because I think it means that the defense has come along to where it needs to be. Uh, and, and so of course, having these new pieces, iron, they always say iron sharpens iron. <laughs> so to have these new pieces go against a really tough defense that seems to be clicking and really getting and understanding what is expected of them after the last two, three seasons, I think is actually more positive than maybe people have been playing it up to be. Uh, I, I think it's, it's a great way to try and prepare some of these younger pieces that are getting looks through spring because 
some of the starters that we actually will see for most of the season are currently sitting out. Exactly. And it, you talk about with a guy like Brandon Rose too, like if he were to walk in and just dominate this defense and kind of be like, Oh, that's a little concerning. Yeah. Because. I think that would be more concerning mm -hmm. for sure. So that's where the positive aspect of it is. And we'll talk about the defense a little more in a second, but sticking with the offense, I think one thing that I was very pleased with is apparently Satao Laumea looked great at the left tackle spot for Utah. All the returns on him were very positive. Falcon Calmatule, unfortunately, it looked like it sounded like it was his first scrimmage out there. Lots of ups and downs there. Actually, I should say more downs based on the reports we've heard from there as well. Jaron Kump. Struggled a little bit with some of the interior pressure, but had an okay day in run blocking a little bit. The offensive line just not completely in sync right now, which look, they have the, the two groups really rotating in, but there's some, I think, not able to get quite in sync yet. And, that, and it takes time. We saw Utah's mm -hmm. offensive line. It took them some of the season last year as guys got settled in a new position. So once again, just another thing where they're just getting settled in and probably another one, Michelle, where we should be more encouraged by how well this defensive line looks, especially, I, like I said, we'll talk about it more in the second, but I, I do want to just bring up like Logan Fano has been sensational just all throughout Utah spring football, mm -hmm. which yes, you want the offensive line to perform a little bit better, but it's only a positive that this defense has looked so sharp. And I do think the offensive line will continue to get there especially because of we know what kind of coach Jim Harding is. Yeah, I I think there's no reason to doubt Jim Harding. And, you know, if, if we haven't talked about this yet, you know, having a guy like Isaac Asiata back as well, mm. uh, who's, you know, one of the best offensive linemen to come through Utah recently. Mm. What, and, and I say one of the best because his entire class got drafted yeah. in the 2017 <laughs> mm -hmm draft. So, I mean, he's one of five, six guys that were really, really good that year uh, that, that really kind of set the tone. And I think people hope that things would traject a little bit better from there, but I, having that knowledge, having, having that there, I think is a big deal. And, and the fact of the matter is Utah has an embarrassment of riches mm -hmm. at the offensive line position. Yep. Uh, and, and to be perfectly frank, you know, they only have to replace one or two pieces. Uh, so it's just a matter of plugging in and finding the right one or two pieces that makes the whole thing kind of flow and go. And and again, spring's the time to do that. Uh, so, you know, you hear about guys maybe struggling a little bit. Maybe things aren't looking as clean as they would come like an actual game time situation. I, it, that that's not terribly mm -hmm. concerning to me. Again, if you're going to make mistakes, spring is the time to make them into fall camp. A little bit is the time to make them get that out of your system. Get it, get it to where, you know, you're comfortable, you know what you're doing, you know, what's expected when the lights turn on and when it actually matters and when the scoreboard matters, mm -hmm. uh, that that's what Utah's currently working on right now. So if you hear of any of these ups and downs with groups or with with certain sides of the ball, I would just say take a deep breath because I think it's ultimately going to be fine. The offensive side of the ball, they're resting a lot of guys, mm -hmm. some of it by necessity, some of it just being precautionary. So, yeah, the offensive side of the ball is not going to look, I think, how it should look come game time. The defensive side of the ball is coming into their own. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they're a lot closer to where we thought they would be last year. Yep. Uh, I, I, th I think we overestimated that a little bit. A lot of us, I know I certainly did. 
and it took them about a half season to kind of get up to where we thought they were going to be. I, so I think we're seeing those returns a lot early on. And I, again, I'm not terribly concerned. I think everything will ultimately balance out. Uh, and I honestly think this Utah football team, as long as everybody gets back and they're healthy and, and feeling okay, has the potential to probably be one of the more well-balanced teams we've seen in a while. Absolutely. And I think you talk about the defensive line as well. I was someone as well. I was extremely high on what they would do coming into the season. Now we kind of saw over the course, especially come the Pac-12 championship game. That's when things kind of started to click for them as Coach mm-hmm. Scali got creative with what he brought and who he rushed as well, using the Abate more off the edge. But either way, it's just a reminder to be patient with these guys, not just throughout spring camp sometimes, but sometimes even in the season, because usually when it matters most is Utah football team finds a way to click on all cylinders. And that's a credit to Coach Whittingham and his staff. And we talked a lot about the offensive side of the ball. We're going to talk about the defensive side of the ball in a moment but first i want to talk to you guys about our friends at FanDuel sportsbook grand slams no hitters and double plays are back and there's no better place to get in on all the mlb action than FanDuel, america's number one sportsbook that's because new customers getting no new can step up to the plate with a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars just go to fanduelcom slash locked on sign up place your first bet and get up to one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win you can do things like Aaron Judge to pick up where he left off with home runs, a pitcher to go over strikeouts, or build a same-game parlay with your favorite matchups of the day. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Michelle, we were talking a lot about the defensive line a second ago and just kind of mm-hmm. how they struggled a little bit last year. And I think one of the really positive things is they were one of the standouts. You heard Junior Tafuna, Alakivai Mahi creating a lot of havoc on the interior. Connor O'Toole doing a good job stopping the run. Logan Fano, I- I've said a little bit, I think he's a deep sleeper to lead his team in sacks this season. It's just a lot for a guy coming off an ACL. But yeah. man, this is a guy who had 20 sacks the last time he played a full season high football yes it was at the high school level but there's a reason he was a four-star recruit too so I, I think he's a deep sleeper for that chase kennedy has all the physical tools in the world <laughs> to be one of those dudes up front and it sounds like he had a great scrimmage too from everything we've heard in the early return so the weakness of this utah defense so many times last year if i think back to the first usc game where caleb williams had all day in the pocket i think back to the florida game sometimes where there just was no ability to get pressure on anthony richardson it sounds like at least from the early returns that won't be an issue and when that was the biggest issue for your defense, at least some of the early parts of the season and some of the biggest games, I think that should be a huge sign of relief for Utah fans. Absolutely. I I, I think where we went wrong, I went wrong in predicting this kind of front seven is they were still mostly freshmen and sophomores. Yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of times at that point, you're still developing your body. You're still hmm. putting on some good weight. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know that they were quite as far along as we assumed that they would be. Because mm-hmm. a lot of those guys did play the year before. Yeah. Uh, so I, think there, I think there was just this assumption, oh, well, you know, you went against Ohio State. Like, that offense was crazy. You're going to be so well prepared to just pick up and go. And I think there was still some more work to do. And, and I, I just think there were some unfair assumptions that a lot of us put on them. And uh, and so then it created the question of, oh, my gosh, are they ever going to get up to speed? Is this group ever going to be any good? And about halfway through the season, they started figuring it out. I think they were still a little underweight, but they figured out ways around that. Mm-hmm. And so we started seeing some of those positive signs and all of a sudden this group went from 
kind of being last in the Pac-12 to being top of the Pac-12 mm-hmm. again. And so I, I expect a lot more from them now that we're talking about more sophomores and juniors versus freshmen and sophomores uh, as opposed to last year. Uh, I, again, I, I think a lot of these guys have put in the work in the weight room. Uh, and, and, and now, you know, one to two years in versus mm. one, one year in for some of them. Uh, I, I just think there's things that they've seen and they, they kind of understand and know yep. that they didn't necessarily understand and know as well as we maybe thought they would have to start the year before. So I think there's a lot of reason to be positive about this group. I, I think they have the potential to be really, really good. And we'll just kind of see how it goes. But the early reports out of spring camp and especially this last scrimmage, I think paints a very positive picture because Utah's not returning an inexperienced offensive line for the most part. Yeah, these are guys who have battled up there up front before. And this is a defensive line. If you mentioned guys like a junior Tafuna, I think of especially in a Van Fillinger, although we haven't been able to see, see as much of him um, for this spring ball coming around. But when you're talking about junior Tafuna, there was sky high expectations after being a Pac-12 defensive freshman of the year. Had to play a little bit out of position early on in the season. But once Utah found their guys in the defensive tackle spots, we really saw him unlocked. And especially a guy like Simote Pepper really coming on. So that's what's really encouraging. And you just talk so much about how kind of the younger players and how they developed and what we could expect from them then. The Utah linebacker core is going to be pretty young this year in terms of there's going to be two sophomores out there in Lander Barton and Justin Medlock. But man, with the way Justin Medlock has looked and what Lander Barton did last year winning Pac-12 Defensive Freshman of the Year, I got a lot of confidence in those two guys, Michelle. I think they've both been outstanding lights out. Sounds like they had an outstanding scrimmage as well. We know there's a little bit of veteran presence there too with Leovani Damuni eventually coming over. And then obviously what Karene Reed has provided for the last two years for this Utah football team too. So the front seven for a lot of last season was the weakness of this of the team overall, even in general, I could yeah. say. And this year it very well could be one of the strengths and probably should be. Yeah. I, again, I think, yes, we're talking about guys that are, sophomores and and they've only played a season but they they got to play a lot especially talking about Lander Barton uh obviously Karenny Reed brings a lot of experience a guy that we don't maybe talk about as much but he gets plugged into special situations and he's always been really good as Hayden Fury uh so I mean they have a good core group of guys that are coming in that just have some good experience and on top of that, I think are just special talents. And, and with a guy like Justin Medlock, he didn't play as much as some of these other guys the, the year before. But getting to sit and kind of just bask in what it is to be a college linebacker, bask in what Utah expects from their linebacker core, to be able to learn from some of these guys and pick up on things and notice things and just take the time. Again, I think he was another one that needed to work on his body a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that has been something that we've kind of talked about throughout spring is that he just looks physically better and more prepared to play college ball. Uh, You know, that's, that's a huge, huge thing. And so you're, we just, again, it's that front seven, I just think is looking like they're going to be a lot more experienced. They're going to be a lot more veteran. Uh, there's not going to be a lot, I think, at this point that really surprises them. Like the group still is kind of on the young side. Yep. But at this point, these young guys have played a lot of ball and have had the opportunity to work on their bodies. They're not high school bodies anymore. They're 
college bodies. Uh, and, and that those kinds of things, they just make a ton, a ton of difference. And, and I think we will see that much earlier on. And especially, you know, Utah gets to host Florida at home. I think that's going to make a huge difference. Uh, so there, there's just a lot of positive things that I think are working for Utah, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Absolutely. And you talk about the development too. That's just, it's such an important part of the piece too. You look, there are, there are the Clark Phillips of the world, right? Who are able mm-hmm. to walk into college and play right away. But most of the time it takes a little bit for your body to be able to get exactly. to the level because you're going off against guys who basically are versions of yourself with four years of college training, strength, conditioning, all those things, nutrition, dieting under their belt. So it's really hard to play early on. That is one of the things is we got to be patient with these guys. So I fans shouldn't panic if we don't see Spencer Fano this year. I I personally said, I don't expect to see much of Spencer Fano this year outside of maybe a little on special teams, but I don't know if they want to burn the red shirt year overall, because especially something for offensive line and defensive line, it just takes time to get up to that speed side Mm -hmm. and strength overall. So either way, it was a very strong scrimmage for the defense overall. They dropped a few interceptions and they struggle with some of the cutbacks and inside zone a little bit, but those are minor details. You got a lot of time to work out and fix. And as we said, the scrimmage one definitely went to the defense. We'll see how the offense kind of grows and adapts and if the defense can keep it up as it goes on. But Michelle, on to look for Utah football. We're looking to the future so much. <laughs> There's a very exciting present right now when it comes mm-hmm. to the Utah gymnastics program as they are gearing up to compete in the nationals. I know you talked with Coach Farden a little bit this week, as you we talked about a little bit before the show. And this team just has a special opportunity. How do you feel like they're feeling going into this national championship run they're trying to make? You know, I, I feel like they look about as confident as they have all season. Uh, There was a period there, especially when we were talking about vault, that it was just like, oof, it it was rough. It was very, very rough for them. It was like the Grace McCallum injury happened. And I don't know if the group as a whole was just a little timid and scared, especially out on the road. It just seemed like the vault scores – and the vault effort were not there for them. And then all of a sudden they get to regionals and even, even the Pac-12 championship actually, and it looked 10,000 times better. Uh, and so it, it does feel like they've maybe turned another corner and that they're peaking at the right time yeah. is what coach Farden talks about all the time, peaking at the right time. And it's mm-hmm. kind of true of gymnastics. You have to, there is a delicate balance of weighing, you know, how hard do we go at this meet early on in the season versus trying to save and preserve your body to be able to perform at its most optimum peak when it matters most, which is, advancing to win a championship. And I think the Red Rocks have hit that at just the kind of right spot. It feels like they're peaking at the right time. The confidence is coming on at the right time. They found the right mixture of girls at each event to kind of build and get the scores that you need. And to be perfectly frank, Utah was the most consistent team in regionals this past year. Mm-hmm. They're the only team that scored 198 plus both nights. So there, there's a lot of things that, you know, I feel like are working in their favor. As long as people stay healthy and they don't get hurt, I think there's reason for some optimism heading into Thursday. There's got to be. And talking about the field, how it stacks up, they'll go against Oklahoma. 
the top ranked team, UCLA, Kentucky. How how do you feel like they they will fare against that field? I I mean that is a tough field. That that is the one concern. I think their grouping is tougher than the other one. Exactly. You have to get top two. And, and the biggest threats really kind of are Oklahoma and UCLA. Well, Utah's mm-hmm. been in UCLA three times now this season. Um, and then Oklahoma, you know, Utah's also played Oklahoma or competed against Oklahoma earlier in the season. It did not fall in Utah's favor. That actually happened to be one of Utah's probably not is. Yeah great meets that yep, they, that they the had this year. Uh, it, it was a little sloppy and messy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good news is everybody's in a neutral field. You know, Oklahoma's not going to be at home this go around. Uh, UCLA is not going to be at home this go around. So it, it evens the playing field a little bit. And I think as long as Utah continues to kind of just stay within themselves the way that they have the last couple of meets, uh, there's no reason why they can't be top two. And one of the things that's still crazy about this whole run that Utah is on once again is they are the only team in the nation to qualify for 47 national championships. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is unbelievable. Michelle just speaks to the longevity of this program, even outside of what coach Harden has really continued. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, that is an incredible feat and I don't think people appreciate enough. They're one, of, they're one of the most dominant sports teams, regardless of what the sport mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, male, female, football, basketball, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, 47 years of qualifying to go to the absolute top place that you can go for your sport is incredible. Incredible. There's not a lot of teams that can say that. There's very few teams that can say that. And the Red Rocks happen to be one of them. Uh, And eventually, you know, someday that streak will end. It will. And it's got the way that the rules have kind of been forged and made makes it harder. It makes it so much harder to qualify to do that. But Tom Farden and crew have managed to figure out a way to kind of continue that streak on. Um, as we've seen, again, it's easy to fall off of that because for a long time, Georgia was the other team yeah. that qualified for everything along with Utah. And it's been the last two or three years that Georgia has not qualified for any of this stuff. So, you know, just enjoy it, bask in it. This team is really good. They figured out a formula to consistently be good year in and year out. Again, a lot of teams can't say that regardless of what the sport is. Uh, there, There's always a lot of peaks and valleys, but there, there's something special about this Red Rocks team. And, you know, I, I, again, someday, someday the luck will run out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's not today. You mentioned there's something special about them. How do you think this week plays out for them? I think they probably qualify to go to national to the four on the floor, mm-hmm. as they call yeah. it in gymnastics. Uh, I, I, I think they can beat, you know, either UCLA or Oklahoma to, mm-hmm. to make that happen again. I feel like they're peaking at the right time. I feel like they seem very confident in what they're doing from there. You know, I, I mean, it's anybody's game, but I, I do think they bring back a lot of experience. Uh, 
And again, when you kind of start building that confidence at the right time, anything's possible. I think even moving up into that number two spot, even if they're not quite able to get that number one spot when all said and done, if they end the year at number two, that sets up next year very, very nicely because not only do they return a lot of the same talent, they're also bringing in a lot of fabulous, incredible talent. So, you know, may, maybe this year isn't quite the year, uh, but if they play their cards right, I think they can set up next year very well. You talked about the the 47. We already did a little bit. And when you go to that many national championships, you should be recruiting at a high level and bringing back those high-level players, able to keep them on your squad. That's exactly what this Utah Gymnastics program is able to do. And it's going to be really exciting to see how it all plays out this weekend down in Fort Worth. Michelle, we got Utah football. We got Utah gymnastics. Where should people head over if they want to get more Utah athletics coverage? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Come over to KSS, KSL Sports. Uh, click on the Utah Utes drop down. That's where all my work can be found uh, and, and some help from some of my colleagues as well on occasion, uh, just to make sure that we kind of get as much up as we possibly can. And then, of course, follow my Instagram and my Twitter. It's they're both Bodkin KSL Sports. Uh, we post a lot of stuff from the various events we go to go to. It's kind of slowing down, winding down a little bit now, but, uh, you know, I mean, we're always constantly working on trying to get the big story, the big scoop, and and we have some stuff coming up, even with things kind of slowing down. So definitely be on the lookout. There you go. Make sure you guys give Michelle a, a follow once again at Bodkin KSL Sports and head over to kslsports.com. Michelle, thanks for joining us. Anytime, JT. <laughs> That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked on Utes, but we'll see you tomorrow.